0: You are listening to the Beyond Yoga Teacher Training Podcast. I am your host, Sandy Raper. On this podcast, I will share stories and invite conversations that will help you grow and support sustainability within your yoga practice, your pathway of service as a yoga teacher, and beyond. Hey, are you a yoga teacher that sometimes feels unclear about the direction you should take in your teaching path or possibly you feel uncertain and lack confidence in areas of your teaching skill set? Well, this is where a mentor is so crucial to come alongside of you to help sift through and reinforce the skills it takes to create longevity and to sustain a healthy teaching career. I have 20 years of teaching experience and I am passionate about supporting you and other teachers to grow and expand into the teacher you desire to be. I can totally support you within a variety of areas, including how to run a successful yoga studio, how to operate as a solo entrepreneur, develop effective workshops and successful teacher trainings, and even the development of your very own podcast to support your teaching career and more. Private mentoring sessions are the fastest and best way for you to get the results you are seeking. Ready to dive in and work with me one-on-one? Well, I'm ready. So head over to my website, sandyraper.com, or click the link in the show notes and schedule your call today. Now, let's get into today's episode. In today's episode, I have a conversation with special guest, Lizzie Lassiter. Raised in San Francisco and educated at Columbia University, Lizzie Lassiter is a yoga teacher, producer, and designer who shares her work via live online events, her Sunday Shavasana series newsletter, a spirit jewelry collection, YouTube, and Instagram. Lizzie lives in Salzburg with her Austrian husband and twin toddler boys. Listen in now to my conversation with Lizzie Lassiter. Welcome, Lizzie. I am looking forward to our conversation today. How are you doing? I'm well. Thank you for having me. Well, great. I am uh, looking forward to some conversation we're going to have in regards to kind of this idea or concept of becoming um, and becoming a variety of things. Um, We'll kind of pursue uh, this becoming of a yoga teacher, uh, but that there's all these other facets, I think, that we can discuss that, and I want to discuss with you as well, of these um, concepts of becoming mothers, <laughs> becoming a different roles in our life. But as we're getting started, um, let me just kind of throw that out there. I'm a word person. So this this becoming, which really is defined as kind of, you know, uh, coming into this state, uh, a desired space. Um, What do you feel when you think about becoming something or becoming into a role? How does that, what does that impress upon you?
1: The word that, the matching word that comes to my mind is unfolding. Mm. so it's as if we're becoming hopefully that which in a karmic sense or a kind of um not you know destiny is a word some people use or a dharmic sense right we're becoming that which fits us Mm. and that we are best served to do i would not be a great NBA basketball player. So it's great <laughs> that I'm not trying to become that, you know, so it's right. like we're, we're swimming in the right direction for ourselves. And for me, it has a connotation of unfolding, therefore that which Was always there, or
0: mom sometimes
1: says this beautiful thing finding that which was never lost.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah, exactly. Kind of that remembering aspect, uh, you Mm -hmm. know, of of something, or and like you said, the unfolding or kind of unveiling uh, of something. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. And so, as we're thinking about that, what do you remember as? kind of what initiated your stepping onto the pathway of becoming a yoga teacher.
1: <laughs> well, it's so funny with me because it's something I resisted for oh. such a long time. It maybe seems so obvious now in hindsight that this is, um, it's something that I love and it's something that I really enjoy doing. And it's something that I have this family lineage it's like it makes so much sense i even love india like independently mm. i love I, I have been to india maybe 10 times it's like my heart lives there so it's such a funny um but i went the long way around to okay to get there it was not something you know when i was 14 18 24 i was thinking like yeah <laughs> oh it's like my uncool mom you know so I you know all the blessings to her of course but you know you have to remember like when I was a teenager this was before Madonna discovered yoga like wasn't (laughs) cool yet I was embarrassed of this thing that my mom did nobody understood it I didn't understand it really um I still don't I'm still working (laughs) on it but um no, I, you know, it, 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 happened so gradually and I really thought I was going to be a designer, which mm. I still consider myself. That's still my primary, um, sort of sense of identity, mm-hmm. but it's, it's now through the language, the world, the vocabulary, the modality of yoga for me, which I always thought yoga was going to be sort of my private passion, and then mm-hmm. in the world I would be an architect or a designer or something. And it's really beautifully the two have have melded together. And I feel so lucky that I get to do my design practice, my my work making things, making online courses, making YouTube videos, making Instagram stories. Mm-hmm. For me, all feels like design work. My spirit jewelry line, all of that, and then it's just the the kind of story that I'm telling or living out loud more publicly than I ever thought I would is about
0: yoga. Right. And isn't that the beauty of how you've already expressed that unfolding Yeah, and how we don't really have to compartmentalize it. um, yes. To just, you know, this uh, yoga teacher. Cause I find it hard for myself when people, um, Cause when you encounter new groups or people and different things, you know, a lot of times first thing is like, what do you, what do you do? <laughs> Those, yeah, yeah. And it's kind of, it trips me up to say, cause I don't feel it's a job. Um, mm. And I, I feel it's a calling and a pathway and it's a part of, it's a part of who I am and everything I'm doing. So I think about you when you say that unfolding and this pathway of yoga and the listeners have been introduced within uh, before this to your bio of all these facets of things unfolded that that you are about that yoga is interwoven to all those things.
1: Well, it's so it's so true, and I still hiccup sometimes or stumble when I say I'm a yoga teacher. I don't. Mm-hmm. I, I I never liked that. I was always so. It's funny. I don't like saying that to non quote unquote, non yoga people. Right. But if I, if I find, you know, my husband always teases me because, you know, back, back a million years ago when we used to go to parties He would always tease me that I would find like the one other yoga teacher there, and we'd just stand in the corner talking about triangle pose all night. And he's yeah, like, just like, you know, he's like, "It's so boring." Yeah, right. um, can we talk about something else? Um, although I have to brag on him, we have been together for maybe fourteen years. But the other day, and he doesn't practice, mm-hmm. you know, unless we're like in Greece on a retreat then he will like (laughs) deign to go to the morning active classes but he you know he's like a sporty kind of skiing Mm -hmm. biking guy but he the other day out of nowhere busted out with the correct at the right moment in context Sanskrit name Uttanasana wow (laughs)
0: impressive wow
1: But no, I mean, it has certainly been a journey for me also acknowledging and stepping into that identity and saying I'm a yoga teacher because part of me always felt like um, it comes with so much baggage. The person I'm saying it to has so many projections onto mm-hmm. me. I thought I'm not thin enough to be a yoga teacher, to say out loud, I'm a yoga teacher. And then that person, I, I have so often felt this moment the judgy moment when I tell someone new, you know it's always like at a cocktail party when I'm holding a glass of wine like something where I just think this doesn't seem appropriate right and then they (laughs) it is like I say I'm a yoga teacher and then they look this wandering eye (laughs) I don't know if you've ever felt it Sandy Mm -hmm. where I feel they just look at my body it's like scanning my BMI Mm. that's what I think of course because that's why I'm judging myself am I thin enough am I Am I, do I look the part? Am I being the part? Am I enough of this thing to say I'm this thing? Right. And also I always felt so coming from, you know, my mom has taught, I think for 50 years and I think she's brilliant at it. So I always felt like I'll never be as good. Mm -hmm. So why try? Like it's embarrassing to even, you know, throw my hat in the ring.
0: Right. So
1: that well, was always swimming around in
0: my mind. Exactly. And, and I think about it, of, you know, certainly we're talking in context of the yoga practice and, and these things, but all we've already talked these facets of things, um, that we are, or we're pursuing and, uh, the, this becoming aspect of, uh, gosh, am I, am I good enough to become this? Or, or do I even voice that too loud? Because then that holds you know, people with these expectations or, uh, you know, I, I know for me, when I first ventured into leading teacher trainings, I knew I had been called, I felt it, you know, in my being that that's what I was being called to do and to support individuals in that. But then I immediately shrunk I was like oh I don't know enough like do I really put that out there and I think what for me has become this unfolding of it's okay to not know and to know everything um, but to just stay in the process of learning and continuing to learn and to become that but this idea of, of teacher and yoga teacher and, you know, uh, becoming that. Cause you hear yoga teacher trainings, like, well, how does someone even become that? And, um, you know, uh, what's that process? And so what, what would you think is even, uh, necessary for an individual to actually quote, become a yoga teacher?
1: Uh, I think a home practice. Mm. That is my number one. I think, um, that has been, I can only speak for myself, but that has been the most valuable source, renewable Mm -hmm. resource, wellspring for me of where I get my ideas. It's my laboratory. I, as you, I I, I love learning. And Mm -hmm. it's one of the best parts of this job is that um, I get to you know, send receipts for workshops to my tax lady. Like, <laughs> right. this is for work. This is for work. You know, yes. like, I love, I love the, and I, I'm just taking a photography class right now. Um, nice. And it's like the zing I get after these sessions, these zoom sessions, I'm just like, Yes, learning is so fantastic. So for me, my home practice is—is is I learn something new. I take a workshop. I just took a wonderful workshop with Mary Richards on the ball, like doing all these kind of yoga things with those big exercise balls. Nice. And now for weeks, I've been every morning in my home practice. Well, I won't say every morning. You know, most mornings. Because some <laughs> some mornings I have right. two teeth, I have two teething toddlers, so there are some mornings <laughs> where, quite frankly, I don't get out of bed. Right. And But, but, you know, it's like when I'm on my mat, I'm experimenting with those things I learned from Mary and I'm not just copying them one-to-one. I'm not running through a set of cues in my mind that I'm going to teach my students. I'm like feeling it in my body, playing, experimenting, adding, oh, this doesn't work. Oh, but this works great. Oh, look at this thing. And so for me, that's the, that, that has been the most powerful kind of, um, I'm thinking of a German word, uh, (laughs) like, like, like base, you know, foundation. It's, Mm -hmm. it's, it's been the most powerful foundation for me of growing something to share. It's like my own vegetable garden. Now I can grow something that I feel I can share. You know, I also think (laughs) sometimes maybe we take it too seriously. I remember (laughs) when I was a very new teacher, my mom once just laughed at me and said, oh, honey, you just need to know. All you need to know is the next pose.
0: Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Exactly. Exactly. You know? And yeah. so
1: passion, passion for our craft, a continuous love of learning, a humbleness, a, a practice, a, a, you know, a, um, a serious practice. I don't mean that you, that you practice two hours a day. I've known a lot of people growing up in the yoga, you know, all my parents' friends were yoga people seemed like. Growing up around yoga people, I've known a lot of miserable people that did two hours of asana every day. (laughs) Like that that's not it. But I think a seriousness about your practice in terms that that it means, for me, it's almost like a marriage. It's like, I'm committed to this practice through thick and thin. I I deeply believe it will be with me for the rest. I hope it will be with me for the rest of my life in some form. Mm And as my body changes with pregnancy and kids and aging, it's like, I am totally open to it shifting, but I do hope that this continues to be a place where I can come home to myself.
0: Right. Exactly. And I mean, isn't that really the practice? And then for me, it's kind of like, how do I continually, uh, like you said, explore it for myself, um, understand it better so that I might just, just create an environment or an experience for someone else to tap into that for themselves. And that it's something that's malleable. It's something that we can adapt and change and it, it can grow with us. It doesn't have to, you know, we don't have to stay in the same lane <laughs> of the practice that we, you know, whether it's a certain asana practice or whatever it is that it, the, the beauty, that it can be all these different things that, that as we go, it goes with us. So let's, let's talk about this. We've talked a little bit about this becoming of a yoga teacher and, um, how do you feel? So you're a fairly new mom and you kind of got double (laughs) whammies with twins. Um, So you, you know, an extra dose of of mom, you know, uh, grace to you um, for that. And toddlers, you're now moving into that season, but how do you feel, right? So we're talking about yoga. How do you feel your yoga practice has really uh, prepared you or how it continues to support you and and your transition well we might even back up like a becoming a wife like that's mm. a big transition <laughs> of becoming mm. that and then expanding your family now to you know uh, to bring children into it and now you have become a mom like how's yeah. yoga <laughs> supported that
1: I mean it's essential for me i i and sometimes, like, how do people not do? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how survive. I, know. I mean, for me, just I will just speak incredibly frankly. Yeah, I have year and a half little boy twins. <laughs> I'm in in the thick of it. I was an incredibly naive, incredibly inexperienced. I never even babysat. Like I was just jumped straight into the deep end. Was given this <laughs> this sort of you know a uh, homework assignment from the universe um I was even like so I was I was having this great life before super free I was traveling six months out of the year like in Australia teaching restorative yoga teacher trainings going to (laughs) Bali like just you know judging around with my and and I was married but my husband was based in Salzburg where we live now and he was super kind of like you know, uh, in agreement with me sort of having these wanderlust years. And mm-hmm. I mean, my life was great. And then he was like, let's have a kid, let's have a kid, let's have a kid. <laughs> and I was like, what, why life yeah. is good. Right. Um, and then, you know, I, I did wholeheartedly make this choice, but it was for me, really, it was really like a 51 49 type of choice. It was not mm-hmm. something that I, even for years, I sort of said to him, like, you need to be okay with the fact that I might never want to have a kid." And so it, it, it just happened, you know, it was all this kind of reluctance and sort of slow right. and then boom, twins and boom, pandemic, um, which has been for us, it's almost sacrilegious to say, but for us in a strange way has been a blessing because mm-hmm. I, I like to say that lockdown and small children is basically the same thing. <laughs> like we, we weren't going anywhere anyway. right? Like we don't, we can't go to restaurants, you know, they're closed, but we can't (laughs) go, you know, but no, the, the blessing has been that my husband has had more time and we've been, you know, he's been home office. Like we've just had more, it felt for us, like mm, it it gave us permission to even slow down even more with our kids. But to get back to yoga, I mean, for me, it's just, um, such a life raft for me on many days, Mm. It's um, something that the word for me in young motherhood is claustrophobia. Mm. I feel claustrophobic with the... I mean, there's obviously so many beautiful moments, and I'm in love with my children. But right. but I also want to scream at them at right. least you know a couple <laughs> times a day. No, and the and it's claustrophobic. The 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 very young children. It's it's lessening now, but like breastfeeding two people at once, like yeah. just the the neediness, the suckiness, like sucking on me energetically. And even now, like I picked them up from um, daycare this morning, and when I arrived, they both kind of melted down. And it's like I you know I crouch down and I hug both, but there's not, you know, there's only one of me. And so right. in this, this kind of claustrophobic um, background or, 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 or phase in my life. And also just I like, I haven't slept one night away from them in a year and a half. Right. You know what I mean? Like I'm just, I'm craving some, some relief, which is right. very human. But for me, the yoga practice, my, my, my mat has become a refuge and has become something which I very selfishly in a one, in, in a positive sense, like hold for myself, mm-hmm. this is for me. And I don't, I'm I'm curious to see how it will unfold as the kids get older, but right now it's something I go into a room and close the door and do by myself. Right. It's I'm not the kind of mom right now where it's like, sure, climb all over me. Let's <laughs> do dog <laughs> posts together. It's like you climb all over me, you know, the other 12 hours of the day, like, right. This, this is my half an hour. yes, for, for me. Yeah. So in that sense, that the sense of refuge, the sense of of also um, existing as a separate entity, that sense of separation, which has been really important for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, not even to mention restorative yoga. like i I'm practicing almost every day when I put the kids down for their nap. My first order of business is twenty minutes for me shavasana
0: wow good for you that is
1: just that is 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 I think keeps the whole I mean and it's not selfish because like technically Mm -mm. it's 20 minutes that I'm not I don't know you know vacuuming vacuuming the floor for the third time right like you know underneath the 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 lunch table but (laughs) I you know like yeah so maybe it's like taking quote-unquote time for me but I'm always in a more grounded open spacious space and i can like probably we could draw a one-to-one graph correlation between the days when i take time to rest when i'm exhausted somehow already at 12 30 in the afternoon <laughs> like then i'm probably by the time it's 6 p.m and i'm fighting with them to eat dinner like i'm not screaming or maybe i'm <laughs> screaming less or right you know what i mean it's, like, it's like, all of this is, it's a, it's a, it's a, um, it's a thermodynamic system. Energy mm-hmm. is not created or destroyed, you know? So it's like, right. if I take the energy now to, to self-care, soothe, help myself feel whole. Then that's going to explode out or leak out, out in other ways in the family.
0: Right. Exactly. Well, and I kind of go back to hearing you, you know, when we were talking about this uh, necessity for becoming a yoga teacher is, you know, mm-hmm your home practice and and establishing, you know, I think when that clicks for anyone, just the yoga practitioner to begin to establish this dedicated time that you, you get, you know, on your mat and that, you know, you can do that because, you know, over the years you encounter people, or I have encountered people who were like, can I do this at home? And I'm like, Yes. (laughs) Um, And that's really what I'm teaching is to equip you so you begin to guide yourself, you know, and have that ability and those tools um, to do that for that self-care and for as the teacher component where your inspiration comes from. You know, I try to mentor other teachers and support space with them and, you know, pursuits of refinement. And, and ironically, when they come to me and they just feel kind of disconnected, uh, uninspired, I'll first ask them how their personal yoga practice is going. And there's been times when it's non-existent, uh, is the answer. And then, you know, it's like, where do you, where are you teaching from? Um, where is it coming from? Like we could fake it a little while, but where's it coming? And then I think of sustainability and the ability to continue uh, to do this work and this pathway of service that is how, I just don't know how you sustain it for very long. And so then thinking too, now as you're talking about motherhood and you know, I too am a mom and you know, I thought I was exhausted when they were younger. And I always tell young moms, you will make it through. Like you will, it's going to get there. And I thought that that was, I kept thinking to myself, like when they get older, when they get older, well, <laughs> know. well they get older, but things start to change. Yeah. On yeah. how you are, you know, physically you might not be as drained, but then there's all these emotional and mental things of supporting. And now I have two adult children, and I'm like, how do you parent adults? <laughs> like, what, a, you know, I, yeah. I had this naive sense of like, you get to a certain point as a parent and you're good to go. <laughs> it's like, no,
1: yeah.
0: you pass out of
1: parenting. It's like, hey. nope. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Like I I had to come to that realization not long ago and I was like, okay, I I need to equip myself again for the long haul, which I think about that as our time and our practice on, you know, like you said, it's not selfish. It's something we need to equip us for all these things that we're involved in. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think about that from the becoming standpoint of, you know, I think we've got a common theme here, you know, get on your mat or get on your meditation cushion, get in your restorative pose, get into that time and that space for yourself so that you can create the space for all the other things that you're wanting to be about.
1: Yeah. And, and I think uh, for me, a key element of that whole system is forgiving myself Mm -hmm. when I don't practice, Mm -hmm. when I don't, meet my expectations for myself my high standards you know and and there are phases I just wrote on Instagram a couple weeks ago that I was having a rough week and then I kind of realized like oh I haven't practiced really this Mm. week you know it's like they're correlated which is what you're saying with your with your mentees yeah right that like often it's a reflection Mm. um you know, when I'm not eating well or not moving my body in other ways, or maybe drinking too much alcohol, it's like the practice suffers. It's a spiral. Right. So, but the forgiveness for me is a huge piece of the kind of self-empathy of, of how human of me to have chosen, mm-hmm. you know, to have dinner with my sweet husband and stay up too late or whatever, whatever, and then not want to get out of bed. So I think, it's almost like that is, (laughs) I'm having the image of, you know, in the Catholic church, there's confession. And then (laughs) there's a sense I'm not, wasn't raised Catholic. So forgive me if I'm ill describing this, but my stereotype is there's this kind of, or my, my, my vision is there's this kind of, you know, repenting or sort of confessing. And then there's a moment of forgiveness and you're saying your 10 hail Marys, and then you're starting fresh. And so I think we, it, it would help us or it helps me to cultivate that relationship as well with not just my asana practice, but all of my quote unquote self-care practices, you know, my, where I'm thinking like, yeah, I haven't meditated in a while or haven't, or I haven't moved my body. There was a period this winter where it was just so cold. And I mm. just was kind of like, I'm not really leaving the house much. Like, I just don't, you know, I should be walking. I, should, I know I need my 10,000 steps. Yada, yada, but it's just
0: like, <laughs> right no I know not today (laughs) so you're a very creative person and we've talked about you know and you're a designer and this just kind of came to me I'm thinking about this and and you know we spend a lot of time on on, uh, social media as far as putting together content that that will inspire or encourage or support others and I often think of, you know, a time for myself and the things that I'm doing that is, is creating for someone else. And like, what are your thoughts on like that balance between all these things that we're doing to design, to create, to give to others? But then we've kind of tapped into a little bit this, you know, we give away, but we've got to have that time that we're putting back into ourselves. Because once again, it kind of circles back around that correlation, Where's the inspiration going to come from?
1: Well, my take on it is that I don't think that much. (laughs) Sounds horrible (laughs) when I say it out loud, but I don't think that much about the viewer. Mm-hmm. In, in social media, if we think about just like Instagram, which I do and YouTube are the two things that I do. Mm-hmm. I quit Facebook. Like I've quit things, just Twitter, like just because I needed to simplify. I even closed some Instagram accounts. I closed like a restorative yoga account that had 5,000 followers just because I was like, I need to streamline right. for my own men- mental health. But what, so I do, I have two places socially where, and then I have a newsletter once a week that I write. And I don't think that much about the viewer because that can trigger me into my kind of 12 year old inner mean girl voice. (laughs) Who's like telling me that I look fat in that photo, you know, like what this, this, this whole thing that's in any way, I don't know what you're, what you're Sandy gonna think when you see my photo, like I, I can't, I can't really. So I, my take on it is I want to move myself into we could say maybe a higher vibration state Mm -hmm. and create from there Mm -hmm. so I don't when I come in and let's say I have an hour two hours in my studio by some miracle my my (laughs) baby my wonderful babysitter is here or the kids are at daycare or something excuse me my phone just fell on the floor (laughs) um so by some miracle I've got a couple hours of space to work so the first thing that I will do is not sit down and say, Oh, I got to make a bunch of Instagram content. Oh, 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 I got to promote, 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 or whatever mm-hmm. it is that we're doing. I am first inclined to think, How can I move myself into um, a state, the state that I want to communicate, or the state that I want to be in, and from that place? So often my sessions, what I would consider work sessions, really start with little bit of asana practice, a little bit of meditation, a little bit of dancing, some Mm -hmm. good music, a great cup of tea, like moving myself into that space. And from there, especially I think on Instagram, like especially the stories and stuff, it's so intimate. It's so personal. (laughs) Like I'm, I'm letting you really through into my eye, into my very personal, immediate space Mm -hmm. And so I don't enjoy doing that from a place of number one, worried about what you're going to think, or number two, wanting something from you, right? I'm sharing from a space of like feeling uplifted or feeling, you know, or, or even a lot of times I share from a place when, when I share like about my kids, sometimes I'm kind of wanting solidarity Mm -hmm. or empathy I just I posted a little story, like a, there was a little story today about the kids were pouring water onto the floor in the kitchen. <laughs> you know, it's just like I just filming it, like just like is anybody else like seeing this? Yes. Is this is this happening? Like, am I right? And especially, you know, because we spoke about motherhood, like I think I'm experiencing as well. It's also the pandemic, and I have no comparison, but I'm finding it to be such a, there are many, many lonely moments Mm -hmm. where you're, you know, and for me, it's such a juxtaposition because it's like, I'm technically in a room full of two screaming human beings, (laughs) but I'm feeling lonely. So, you know, and it's maybe lonely is not the right word, but feeling mm, a lack of connection Mm -hmm. or, or an emptiness in, in. And so it's like, they think it's awesome to pour the water on the floor and they're giggling. And so it's like, I'm seeing both sides. I'm, I'm part of me is just so delighted at their little giggles, but part of me is just calculating like, okay, another thing I have to clean up, like, you know, and like, should I be scolding them? Am I letting them, you know, pull the wool over my eyes? Are they getting, are they getting, it's also with the twins. I also often, am like, are they ganging up on me? Like, do I need to maintain? <laughs> I'm always outnumbered. I'm like, I, do I need to maintain control and the situation right. and discipline and, to, you know, all the, all the meta talk
0: that we have. As oh well as yeah, that. absolutely. Absolutely. And so I, I too, am kind of like, uh, and I, and it goes along with this kind of this becoming, you know, into this state of being of, who I wish to be, and then letting all the actions, you know, generate or or come from that space, instead of on the kind of the outside, trying to make something happen. That's, that's where I get in the whole um, kind of content creation and Instagram. And like, I love a schedule. I'd love to be on a schedule, (laughs) but I need it to, I need the inspiration to come up from within me. Then I feel authentic in how I'm sharing it, as opposed to, scheduling out a couple of weeks, <laughs> what I'm going to post about for me, that doesn't work because I feel stifled in where it's coming from. So a lot of times what I'm sharing or posting is because I have had, something has taken place. Uh, like you said, whether it was on my mat um, or, or I could have been driving in the car or pondering something and something, or you hear something or you see something. So that to me, it's like almost a little spontaneous, as to where that inspiration arises. And, um, and I find that kind of in my teaching now in classes uh, of I, I have structure and I know how to put a, together a class, but I'm also spontaneous to the point now that I want to walk in and see who's there. I want to walk in and be in the space for that moment and let the teaching come from that inspired space instead of trying to force something um, that feels kind of exterior to me.
1: Yeah. That's beautiful. I, I, I think people feel that. And I think I sometimes like, um, I will write down in my notes app, an idea or something, and I won't necessarily post it right, right away. You know, maybe it'll be during my practice or out for a walk or whatever. I'll write down something and then it'll be like, I'm in the next couple of days, this will become a post. Like this will become my Sunday Shavasana series newsletter. Like this is, but I catch these, I had this beautiful moment last week where, uh, Otto, one of our kids was crying at teething and crying at nap time. And so I, you know, pulled him out of the room, like, don't wake up your brother. brother!" (laughs) And, but it was too, really too early. And I brought him into the big bed where I was trying to nap during their nap Mm -hmm. time. And then he fell back asleep, which I hadn't Mm -hmm. expected. And -hmm. we just lay there for an hour and, I was, except for, I didn't sleep. I just watched the snow fall outside and just smelled him. And I cried. And like that moment for me was like a seed or a nugget of what became then a newsletter that later in that week was just, but in the moment, I'm not thinking about writing the newsletter. I'm just letting myself fully experiencing it, knowing like, this is the most powerful experience of my week you know, like this, this moment and, and cry, you know, tears in my eyes of just like that that simultaneous knowing Mm -hmm. that the hard parts, like it's, they're gonna pass, but so are also these sweet moments. Right.
0: And that beautiful combination of them coexisting together uh in this season and lizzie is going to continue (laughs) (laughs) this season i mean it is in that life though i mean that's life and uh and being you know using our i believe our yoga practice to become even more sharper in our awareness Mm. of i don't want to miss this uh Mm. you know let me linger and catch a glimpse of this and and really be in it and you know i can remember I had two older, I have two older sons, but then I also have about a nine and seven year old gap between my youngest to my oldest. People thought I was crazy when I said that I was having another child, but um, it's been a beautiful dynamic. But I can remember being in the busyness of what the two active older ones were doing and having a younger child. But I can remember he'd walk around, mom, 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 mom. And finally, I zoned in and was like, stop, just stop what you're doing and look at him. And be in this moment with him because I do not want him down the road or as he gets older to remember me in a way that I was always busy doing the stuff. Uh, Absolutely. The stuff I, that I,
1: I I I totally agree. Eyes and Rims think, like, what are they going to write on my tombstone? Like, we <laughs> loved her so much. Her inbox was so empty.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> she- <laughs> yeah. She had some great content on Instagram. <laughs> I think
1: mean- <laughs> she posted so regularly. We were just so impressed. No, it's like, you know, I I had this, this beautiful journaling session yesterday and, and this, this kind of flicker of this idea that came, it's so simple, but it it came to me as like a, a knowing Mm. that, you know, when I die, I'm not going to regret not having done the email or not having cleaned my kitchen perfectly, but Mm. Uh, What I will regret. Oh, sorry. It wasn't when I die. It was when, when, when my partner or my children are Mm -hmm. no longer, if, if heaven for, you know, like that impermanence, when, Mm -hmm. if something were to happen to them, I am not going to regret the emails or the, any of that BS. What I'm gonna regret is that I didn't spend more time with them, mm. like more real time, not on my phone eye contact right. with them. Because that's right. the that's the finite
0: resource. Right. Exactly. And I think about that in this whole really conversation we're circling around is like how like do we, and I think we know like, you know, why yoga, <laughs> because it's helping us to be able to unfold right and to let go of things or see things differently or be in a space that's more clearer to us really capturing that moment we're in instead of getting caught up with the external stuff you know and that ability to become and be the mom the the wife the friend the the person like just the person <laughs> that we wish to be in that state. I want to hold space and give people that space that they know, like you, have have you been with somebody before where you're talking to them and you're like, you know, they're right there in front of you, but they're not there. Mm. <laughs> you know, I, I don't want to be that. So I know, you know, and so I use my practice, I believe is helping me to sharpen, you know, my awareness to that and to, or to know when I'm not being those things. Cause I'm not saying I got, I've got it all together. Like <laughs> it's a practice. And I know I've been zoned out before when the mom, 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 and I wasn't hearing, I wasn't there. And so this becoming and using this practice for us to, to be those things. Yeah. So Lizzie, let's talk about, you know, I want to inspire, you know, I believe there's a level of, you know, of patience in this becoming and endurance and willingness to, to let go and forgive ourselves to, to begin again. And um, you know the beauty of shavasana, right? And the opportunity to the, to, to rise up and begin again. But I, but I think about those that may be feeling this stirring that they want to step out into exploring uh, uh, towards the path of becoming a yoga teacher. Kind of, what do you think about as like as some good advice to give someone that is kind of thinking about stepping into a teacher training program or onto that pathway?
1: I would research and find a teacher and a teacher training program that is number one, a good fit for you. I, I feel like finding a yoga teacher is like finding a good psychotherapist. Like you it, it has to be someone that you trust and someone that you believe knows a lot about mm-hmm. this vast, vast discipline nobody knows everything, but there are people who know more, Mm -hmm. um, have studied more, have more experience people who've also, I always loved studying with people who like ask about the lineage to understand where their training comes from, where Mm. they're, um, from, from what point they're offering. Right. And I think, sometimes in, in the beginning, if we've practiced for a year or two, we just get excited about yoga. It could be like, Oh, I just want to sign up for the teacher training at my studio. We, we think perhaps that this 200 hour certification is interchangeable mm. or that they might all be the same because they all are 200 hours. And right. I don't believe that to be true. Yeah. I think the quality of your training comes from the quality of your teachers. Yes. I also think it's important to remember that that 200-hour certification is like the quote-unquote license to begin learning how to teach yoga. Right. Because it's it's not nearly enough. And I know for myself, even having grown up with yoga my whole life, et cetera, et cetera, like after my first 200-hour training, which I didn't do with my mother, I did it with Mati Azrati at Yoga Works in LA. Mm-hmm with no intention of teaching. Mm-hmm. Like I literally just did it. I said, oh, I want to deepen my own practice. And I just, <laughs> it was like a fun summer thing to do. Right. When I was 22 years old, um, you know, after that training, and then I started teaching, I remember standing up at the front of the room and being like, I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> like, I'm so, just so overwhelmed, you know, mm-hmm. by the, I mean, there's teaching yoga is so, it's such a complex job in many ways, because if right. there's a performative aspect, there's a, just standing up and speaking in front of people. There's an entertainment aspect. You've got to keep their attention. You have mm-hmm. to be somewhat charismatic or, you know, <laughs> or pretend to be charismatic. <laughs> um, you know, so many yoga teachers, I think, are introverts, but we're in this very extroverted job, right? <laughs> um and then you've got to know the poses, you're the people person, you you know, you, of course you get grumpy students or people who don't do what you're saying. I mean, there's so many um, right. layers to the work. Um, mm-hmm. All the stuff then, of course, that comes as with like uh, the business of yoga and being more savvy about the, the financial aspect, which no one likes to talk about and is right. so taboo because it's like, Oh, oh, poor little me, I shouldn't even want money for this work. But it's like, yeah, but honey, avocado coat, toast costs $12. Like you right. need money. Like I don't.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. I've got to feed my kids.
1: <laughs> yeah. Right. So I've forgotten what the question was. But oh, oh so... that was
0: great advice for new teachers. Somebody looking for new teacher to, to dive into these teacher because they're not all created equal. No. And
1: I think, I mean, I think it's a, it's a positive thing, even for your own practice, even if you're not certain that you want to teach or teach full time, but I, I also would be cautious the fantasy of it. Mm. And I I imagine you'll discuss this elsewhere on the podcast or in this series. Mm -hmm. Like it's can be something that I've seen many times as something people are passionate about. And then once it becomes their job, they lose the spark. Right. So yeah. to be realistic, talk to yoga teachers who are don't don't ask your famous, you know, or, or well known in your region yoga teacher who's making a great living and has been teaching for 25 years. Don't ask that person what it right. is. Ask someone who did a teacher training two or three years ago and is trying to work like what is the grind of right. being a working yoga teacher right now and to be realistic about what you are getting yourself into.
0: Exactly. Well, that's great advice. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm one of those research kind of people and kind of want to know what I'm getting into sometime, maybe to a fault, but, uh, I know some who dive right in, like you said, it's kind of just, you get swept up and, you know, I love yoga. Well, I love it too, <laughs> because, right. you know, uh, the, the honeymoon can quickly be over, uh, <laughs> when you get into something and you're, it's just, you know, your your passion kind of diminishes a little bit. So that's great advice. I appreciate you sharing that. And um, so, Lizzie, I want to, as we're kind of wrapping things up, I want to give people opportunity to understand better how to connect with you. You've kind of mentioned already YouTube and Instagram, but um, share just just a little bit of how people and kind of what you're up to and, and how people can connect with you further.
1: Well, what I'm up to is basically... Mm, Spending my time in this one room where I do my <laughs> yeah. yoga and my work, like the right. pandemic. I never leave this room. So um, I so I'm online. You can find my website is Lizzie.yoga, lizzi dot yoga. And um, everything is there, real simple. I like, yeah, like I said, I I do YouTube and I try to create for YouTube, I try to create actual educational content. So there's mm-hmm. a lot, there. there is, I don't know, maybe a hundred videos by now that are, um, yeah, I hope you learn something. And I, and I really do have the intention and, and, and that the service mentality that we do offer a lot of online courses that we charge money for, mm-hmm. but I am aware that that price point isn't always, um, sort of available to people. And so the YouTube is a place for me to offer. I've had many, many emails from people who say, I've watched every one of your Today's Anatomy question video and I've learned so much. And I really do think if you did something like that, you would learn comparable to taking a course with us. Mm -hmm. So I do that. I do the gram um, because I think it's fun. I have fun. I don't, I don't, um, dirty secret perhaps. I don't really... (laughs) consume social media. Right. Like I don't really scroll on Instagram. Mm -hmm. I I often think the stuff I see from other people is really boring. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think (laughs) my stuff is probably boring. I don't know, but I have fun making it. So like that that's the that's the zing that I get. But Mm -hmm. I try to stay away from scrolling. I notice when I'm scrolling, I'm like, what's going on here? This doesn't seem like I'm not in a good Base. I'm, I'm hungry and hungry and hungry for more. So, and I've also been experimenting with, which I am so happy to, to say out loud because it's, it's a new thing just the past couple of weeks, but it's been so profound. I've been experimenting with turning off my phone for periods mm. of time, which Good I have never, never done for as a, as a millennial. I'm like the old, <laughs> I'm the very old edge of millennials, but I, I've been sleeping with my phone for a decade. Mm. like straight up sleeping with my phone under my pillow on airplane mode for a decade um wow and yeah and and just kind of breaking that not every night but like starting to move towards a different relationship with my phone where it actually it was never off it, I, my, I never turned my phone off in the past right. decade wow it just didn't exist so now like just consciously building in oh gonna turn my phone off for the evening i'm gonna turn my phone off i just did for for sunday Mm -hmm. like shocking and I, (laughs) i know i'm not i'm reinventing the wheel i know many people have written books about this concept but maybe i'm sharing it with you with your audience maybe um just to start to uh seed that idea continue to seed that idea in our community because i think it's really i love the connection i love you know i was just and i have the spirit jewelry line i was just packaging up orders this morning and looking at the addresses you know like these people i sent a necklace to somewhere in canada i never heard of minnesota you know um arkansas Texas Mm -hmm. places, you know, towns I've never been to. And I'm, and, and they're connecting with me through Instagram and then, and, and, and that's so beautiful and fun. Right. Right. But I think I've been needing, I've been out of balance and Mm -hmm. I've been needing a kind of, um, quiet point, a yin to that young and so the yin for me has been not in any kind of like shame or punishment or bad I don't think the phone is bad but for me it has been a real pleasure Mm
0: -hmm. to
1: um begin you know to unplug to disconnect for even a few hours it's been absolutely like (laughs) like the the creativity that has to happen I turn off my phone and I'm like well it's only seven o'clock the kids are asleep like what What do I do now
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah. Well, but that, you know, that's a a great intuitive thing that we need to tap into of understanding when we are out of balance in those areas. Or it could be just like, what if, what might happen (laughs) if I do turn this off? Uh, Or what am I missing, possibly? Mm -hmm. Uh, by not turning it off. So yeah, that's absolutely great, Um, you know, opportunity for us to practice kind of another experiment, you know, let's Mm -hmm. experiment with this uh, Mm -hmm. and create it that way, kind of that little practice. So that's great. Well, Lizzie, it's been um, a pleasure getting to chat with you and, you know, discuss this this real life stuff, right? These, you know, as yoga teachers are, you know, real people, real moms, uh, you know, and uh, we, we go through the things that we're, uh, you know, all we're in this together. So I appreciate your time and joining me in this project. And um, I wish you well. And I hope you enjoy um, every moment of those sweet little boys. And uh, I wish you well along the rest of the journey. Thank you for joining me today. Yes.
1: Thank you. Namaste, everyone.
0: Namaste. Thank you for joining me for today's episode. Until we meet again, remember to begin, to become, and to expand beyond.